1: They're so good, they make us want to sing, like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grill,
0: you Made with 100% me. flame grilled anytime you want.
1: This July 4th weekend, put down the tongs, step away from the grill, and get to Burger King to try a grilled dog for just a dollar. Ask for the Dollar Grilled Dog deal and get a classic grill dog for a dollar. Only at Burger King. At participating restaurants on July 2nd and 3rd, limit five per transaction, while supplies last. Welcome to Real Jam Radio, I'm Daniel Rue, your host, so happy to have you with us for this episode. This came about because Arturo Galetti of Boxcore Geeks and Friend of the Show talked to me earlier this summer about the idea of doing an over-under podcast, and once the numbers came out, we decided that'd be fun to do. So we got the numbers from the LVH Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort, as reported by Canis hoopas and that gave us a way to talk about all of the teams, you know, who did better, who did worse, how the numbers work. I'm not particularly a gambler, but I think that it's a, a fun exercise to do either way, and it gave us a way to talk about every team. So... The way that it happened, because it was a long conversation, is it was recorded over two different weeks. So we did one on, on Sunday, October 5th, and one on Sunday, October 12th. And this is the first half, so it's Atlanta to Miami. But because a lot of things happened over that following week, including Durant's injury, Beal's injury, we and Arturo did some good research, we wanted to go back over those first 16 teams again so there is a lightning round after the initial thing and for those of you who got to this link or who can go to real gm i'm gonna have timestamps for every team so if there's one team that you want to hear you can do that and if you want to hear more obviously i'd love that but it was such a fun conversation i hope you enjoy it thanks so much for coming on nice to be on This is the early walkthrough for us in terms of over-unders, and so what we're going to do is we're going to go through each team in alphabetical order by city, or by, you know, what they're called. And then so we're going to go through a little bit on each team, how the better or worse, and how the over-under fits in. Sound good?
0: That sounds very good.
1: Okay, so the first team is the Atlanta Hawks. Last season, the Atlanta Hawks won 38 games. Do you think they're better or worse than they were last year?
0: I think the Atlanta Hawks are a team that's very easy. They're, they're, they're better. I think they, they picked up some players in the draft and, and, and from free agency. I think the other thing is they were hurt last year. They were really banged up. They were rolling out some crazy rosters. There was a stretch, like a 12, 14-game stretch, where like we I thought they weren't really even trying to make the playoffs. And they were they were terrible. And then all of a sudden they said, oh, we're going to make the playoffs. Oh, let's start playing again. They were much better than the record. I I think they they, 38. I think they were more. I mean, honestly, truly, they were closer to 50 of their full strength. So I think this team is definitely better next.
1: Yeah, I think it's a combination of both factors. I think not only were they a better team than their record last year, yeah, I'd say close to 50. I was thinking mid-40s. That's the number that was in my head because they were a really good team before Horford got knocked out. But they, you, were, they were a solid team. But
0: you do remember there was a stretch when, like, the Knicks were starting to catch up, but, they, like, the Hawks weren't even trying. I think they lost them in, like, 14 straight. And they were rolling out some, like, bad items. So there there are stretches in the season that really, if you were looking at the Hawks, you have to just kind of just throw out. Because it was it was kind of like they, they, they were thinking that they weren't going to make the playoffs and they were thinking for a draft pick and then they figured that they, they were still going to make the playoffs anyway so that screw cool. it let's just make it in and I remember I mean I remember literally writing the team off and writing a ranking column saying like the Hawks aren't even trying
1: yeah I think I remember that column and the additions that they had are, are interesting because they're very different so they added Dabo who I think will help them and they added Adrian Payne Tavares and Moscala and I think they got deeper, which will help them in terms of regular season record. But I also think they improved on talent because they lost Lou, They lost Louie Williams, but he missed most, if not all, of last year anyway, from what I recall.
0: Yeah, and, and we, we talked about this on another podcast, which is we like Muscala. And uh, we think Pittman's decent, and uh, obviously they're getting Hor- Horford back. So, they're, I mean, they're better at, like, the key position. And it's not like there's dominant big men in that conference. And they're also... It's an interesting in that team, that team is smartly coached. I mean, I think they did some good things in that Pacers series, and they did some good things across the board. And again, I do think they've done a really good job at getting talent from Europe into that team as well. So I like this team. I mean, I, I, and I think that they're, they're, definitely, they're definitely, I think uh, we're going to talk about the over-unders in a little bit, but I, they're, they, 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 they're certainly a, an opportunity.
1: Yeah, I definitely think so, and I also think that what makes them compelling from a perspective, and we'll get into the over under now, that their the number is forty and a half wins, is that in a lot of ways I would say that last season was their low water mark in terms of you know basically as much as could go wrong went wrong. They won thirty eight games. Granted, the East has gotten better in the middle and bottom,
0: but they but they, th- they threw something like a dozen games. I mean that's exactly. Is, this is like they, exactly, they out and out through these games like you can go through like they were just like not even trying so i mean they could have won 41 games easy last year 40 i mean like and and again i think if we go by that 38 win total i think this team do you think this team is better or way better this year
1: I think they're substantially better. I I think that my instinct is mid forties, so that's about a standard deviation off, about right.
0: Yeah, that's that's better. I actually think they're going to be closer to fifty. I mean, I, I think that this is a team that, and, and again, we also talked about this in another podcast, which is, I think the Hawks to win that division is an interesting, interesting, but because I do think they have, I mean, if they're healthy, I mean, I think they can totally do it, and 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 I think even that, I mean. They've kept adding these guys around, like, in the deeper parts of the roster that are interesting, and, and I, I do think there's some real value there.
1: Yeah, I agree. And so, yeah, anything else in the Hawks? I, no, think I, uh... I, think, I
0: think you were at better, and I'm, I, think, I think you're thinking, like, 45. I'm thinking more like 48, but but we both like the over on that team.
1: Absolutely, yeah, at 40.5. I think that's – we haven't gone all the way through it, obviously, yet, but I think that's going to be one of the stronger ones on the board. Yeah,
0: yeah, because even even, even in the worst-case scenario, that team, like – was better than, like, was she could have won 41 games last year.
1: Speaking of worst-case scenarios, next team is your Boston Celtics. Last year, the Celtics won 25 games. How do you think they are compared to last year? Oh,
0: God, man. I actually think they're worse, which is really an interesting thing to think because I liked a couple of the guys that they let go. These are, I like Humphreys. I thought Humphreys was actually kind of useful for them last year. I mean, Rondo should be better, and I like Marcus Smart. He was actually really good in the uh, NCAA and James Young is interesting to say. I, I didn't love it. I was kind of upset that we didn't get Kyle Anderson or, like, somebody like Clint Capella, which w- were available. So I'm actually, you know what, I'm going to go same. But, you know, same is they were bad last year, right? So I'm going to go same, basically.
1: Yeah, I think same is a good way to put it. What's strange about the Celtics is that their starting lineup doesn't look like it changed a ton, but their depth changed substantially. They lost Bayless. They lost Chris Humphreys. Then a bunch of other kind of weird guys, but then they added Evan Turner, who I don't like, but is probably a benefit for them. And then the drafted guys, uh, I think that the other big question with them is, will Rondo play more for them this year than he did last yeah, they, year? And
0: My biggest problem is they keep paying these guys who are like, like retreads too much money. Oh yeah. I mean, They keep playing Jeff Green and... and they do a decent job of like getting rid of the, the like the older parts of the roster and getting some assets, but then like you know you're paying Jeff Green, you're paying Evan Turner. That's not good. I mean, uh, so it's like it's almost. I was going to say there seems to be two minds in that organization, but I'm going to say actually I know that there's two minds in that organization. I, actually, I, I'm not even going to name them, but there there do seem to be there 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 are two schools of thought in this team, and and you can actually tell because it, it does seem a little bit sch- uh, schizophrenic in the things that they do. So I, I do think, I think there are 25 win. Team last year. They might be a 25 win team uh, uh, this year. They still don't have a center, which was, you know, I, I was hoping they were going to go out and get Omar Asik or something, but, but they never did that. So we're, we're going we're gonna to be submitted to J- Jared Solinger having to play center this year again.
1: Yeah, and that leads us into the the under for them is 26.5. To me that seems like it's actually a really good number. I think there's I would say it's more likely than not that they're a little bit under it, but I wouldn't feel comfortable putting any money on that. Uh, my,
0: my my season preview for the Celtics last year was called the coin toss. It, this may be the second coin toss because I, uh, you know, I think that's a great number. Uh I think if they want to win more than 26 games, they can. If they don't want to win more than 26 games, they uh they can as well. So it's entirely up to the organization what whether they, they make it. And and honestly, because I mean if they play the right lineup and, and play at it the right way they can do it, but they might just not want to. It, it might be a sixer situation again. Yeah, I would say stay away.
1: Stay away, yeah. I think that's probably the best. Stay, the best stay, I think
0: it. I think stay and we say stay away. Stay away because you don't know what the hell they are.
1: Next up is Brooklyn. Brooklyn won forty four games last year. They were the sixth seed in the East. Do you think they're better or worse than last year?
0: Oh, oh boy. It's entirely up to to how healthy Brooke Lopez is I actually think that they, they I mean they had something in Plumlee I think that they were forced to use I mean KT's still good defensively but they were forced to use him in situations that they really shouldn't have been using him so they had Kevin Garnett like being too like if, if I could have Kevin Garnett play defense playing next to an offensive center like Brooke Lopez that would be much better than what they did last year I think Joe Johnson showed up in better shape. Uh, so I, I actually kind of think that if I break everything down for this team, they're going to be about the same because I do think they lost some players, but they're getting Brooke Lopez back, and they're also a year older. So it's, and they also lost Kid, who I, everything to me kind of indicates that he was a decent coach. So I'm going to say they're about the same.
1: Yeah, I think about the same is right. I think they're a little bit worse. The other change that I would note that you didn't talk about, well they they lost Paul Pierce and really only replaced him with Bogdanovich, which is shaky. But I like Jerlanko. I mean, if if it, Oh, yeah, if he's healthy.
0: I mean, if, if if Pierce's minutes are going to AK47, I think AK47 has a ch- shot to be healthier this year. So that ac- that could actually be a win for them. So this is why I say they're they're about the same because they had really bad injury luck last year, and I think if they have some decent so you get if you get more Lopez and Lopez was really good offensively, if you get more Lopez and you get more k47 then and then kg's like healthy for at least parts of the season, and then you've got probably developing, then yeah, that's why I said like some players will go down, some players will go up they're about i mean I could see them being on the on the so they, they they'll be slightly better than last year, but I mean I think it's but they have to have some luck for that to happen right.
1: Yeah, I see them having some downside risk just because they're an older team, and if things fall apart, they fall fall apart badly. The other one, I'm not sure how much it will affect the regular season record, but it will definitely be important, is the swap of Livingston and Jared Jack. I think that Jared Jack is a pretty meaningful downgrade because of the idea that if he has to – if Darren Williams is hurt and misses time, and I think we all think he will at some point, especially with the surgery he had in the offseason, then I think that's a lot harder for that team to to handle and – that might cost them a few games, and also just I don't trust their depth as much as last year because, as you said, they're getting older. They don't have Andre Blatch anymore, so, but the big question with them is will Brook Lopez play because if Brook Lopez plays, that's a huge addition from
0: last year. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. He's, he's really good defensively. I think it, <clears throat> I have some thoughts about what I would do. So, like, if I were the Nets, I would be calling Bo Maxwell, though. Uh, right now, he's a really good European player. He, he's always been really good in Europe. And he's a little short, which is why he hasn't caught on in the NBA. But if you're looking at, like, Jarrett as your, Jack as your fallback option, if Derek Olympic gets hurt, then, yeah, I would really start thinking about, there's a couple guys in Europe that you can call that could actually help you. And, and the problem with this team is, is the fact that they don't really have a lot of options because they don't really have a lot of draft picks. So they have to kind of get, start getting creative at getting some talent on that team.
1: Yeah, definitely. And the other funny thing about Bo is that he's an American player. I mean, he didn't. He's played overseas for a long time, but he played for the University of New Orleans. So he's he's a, he. So him coming back is a very different thing than you know bringing over, let's say, like Gasikovich or somebody like that, kind of a, a backup guard because he's from here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that the big hope for them is like Deron and and and, and 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 Joe Johnson are healthy, but they haven't. I mean, Joe has actually been pretty good. Uh, it's a good sign that Joe Johnson actually showed up in much better shape this year. I think he's like 15 pounds lighter, is what I heard. Deron's interesting. Again, if they have some luck, this could be a decent roster. I do think that, again, this is one of those teams, and I've said this for this team before, which is I think they'll be better. They're better in a short series than they are for a full season, right? And I think that because they, they do have the depth issue creeping up. So this is why I think even with some luck, they're about the same.
1: So if they're about the same, their over-under is set at 41.5. How does that feel to you?
0: I think just because they're playing in the Atlantic, I think I would like the slight over on that team. Slight. Slight over. But I wouldn't be willing to put any, uh, any risk on it. How's does that feel to you?
1: That feels about right because the other component of it, like I like to think about, you know, where do you, where does the team potentially settle in, and then what would it take to put them on either side? And yeah, I mean, I, th- but, I think of them as a, you know a low 40s team, yeah, but I could totally see them falling into the high 30s. Guns to my
0: head, we were talking about this. I mean, gun to my head, I do think they're going to be a 500 team and they're going to be an over 500 team, but there's enough risk. I mean, I think there's like at least a 40 percent chance that like everything goes to hell and they wind up winning 35 games, right? So I mean, you know what? I do think that the over is good because it's only 41 games, right? So it's it's not like it's not like it's a huge number. So we're saying that like they have to win 42 games in the Atlantic, and and we saw last year even with like I mean literally like the, at the, at a point there's a point in the season where like the Nets were a dumpster fire, and even when they were a dumpster fire, I mean the, they they still managed to win 44 games, and they they kind of gave. They gave away three games at the end of the year. I mean, do you disagree with me? But they gave away three games at least, just because they were they were just resting everybody, not even trying for the playoffs. They they actually didn't want it. What is it? They wanted Toronto in the first round, so they they they, they kind of said, "Oh no, we're happy with the 50." So I, I mean, I, I think it's I think the over is a good number for Brooklyn, even though I would kind of stay away stay away from it.
1: So then we'll move on to the Hornets. They're the newly christened Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets. They won 43 games last year. Surprising season. New coach, Steve Clifford. Do you think they got better or worse?
0: Uh, this, is a rough, this is a really rough team because I love the fact that they picked up Lance Stevenson. I thought Lance Stevenson was a great uh, opportunity for a lot of teams to actually, you know, here's a guy who's really good and uh, play on some winning teams. But when I've done the analysis on the roster, what I find is that like basically they're about the same, right? So they're about the same as last year because, I mean, losing McRoberts, you know, McRoberts was a good player. So they lost McRoberts, the game lands. They're a young team, so I would say that they're going to be better. They're not going to be way better. They're going to be better. And, again, I think just because of the fact that some of these guys are going to grow is going to be good. The biggest concern I have for this team is, this is a team that nobody can actually, like, they have problems making buckets, and I don't know that, like, putting Lance on a team where he has to be the guy picking all the shots is necessarily a good thing.
1: Yeah, the, my issue with them, I think that they're better on talent, but they have what I call the Portland problem, which is that basically everything went well for them last year. They, had a, they played better defense than I expected. They got a great season from Al Jefferson. And the other problem with them is that they're incredibly top-heavy, which is what Portland is as well. So I think that if they stay healthy, if their main guys are there, I think that they're substantially better than last year. You know, I think I think that they're, you know, it's it's meaningful. It's not a full like can, a full eight.
0: Yeah. Yeah, where I think it's interesting is like do we think if we think uh Gilchrist gets a little better? I mean, if Gilchrist makes a leap, then this is a really good team. So I think that that's what I said. Like I think there's enough guys in there like, you know, you got Kemba there. You got Lance, so there. It's young guys who can actually like get better. So I, I do think there's real potential here. So I'm just gonna say it's like I like this team to get better. I don't like them to get way better, right? So I think yeah, that, I, I think that 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 I'm in the we, we talked about this. I'm in the high 40s for this team, but I'm the, but I'm not. I don't think they break 50.
1: So better, but way better, puts us in pretty closely in line with Vegas because they have Charlotte at 45 and a half wins. I think that that's a really good number, but I would expect them to be to be a little bit better than
0: that. How about you? Yeah, I think they're a little bit better. I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I think that they're, they're better than that. I mean, they're not much better, but they're better.
1: Next up is one of the best teams in the East. Chicago Bulls won 48 games last year. Obviously, they've had a lot of roster turnover. Do you think they're better or worse, and by how much?
0: So last year, the Bulls won 48 games, and so we expect... So they added, uh, they lost some bad players, and they added some good players. Miracek Mer- 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 is a good player. I think we think that Powell is still a good player, but we don't know. He hasn't been that great the last couple of seasons in L.A. And then there's Derrick Rose. So the trick with this team is that Derrick Rose wasn't hasn't been Derrick Rose in about three years, right? So Derrick Rose, even like Derrick Rose last year was terrible uh, when he played for the Bulls. And so you're adding that in, him in. I think this was... You know, I actually, I'm going to say this team is better, but they're not way better. So I actually think that, and we'll talk about this a little bit, they, I actually think they're worse than actually people think. I mean, there's a shot that this team is just about where Vegas has them, and, and they might be slightly below. The, the thing is that, like, you know, Thibodeau doesn't leave any wins on the table, right? And, and my worry with this team is that, like, if Derrick Rose is who he's been the last two three years, as opposed to who he was, then, you know, we're really left with a slightly better version of the team that we had last year. And, and again, we're, we're assuming that, that Powell is Powell, and Powell isn't the guy we saw in the Lakers last couple of seasons. So there, there's some real question marks on this team.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. The real challenge with the Bulls is that they got a lot better, but they got a lot better at a place that they were already good. It's the similar situation you and I talked about it a, a year ago in terms of, Omer Sheik and Dwight Howard, that, you know, you're not replacing some Scrubs minutes with Dwight Howard's minutes. You're replacing a Sheik. And I think that what happened with the Bulls is they got some really good front-court players. I'm very high on Miritich. I think he's a really good player. I think that he's a nice yeah. addition. But they got good minutes from power forwards and centers for the most part. Well,
0: I think To me, go ahead. I think the biggest problem for them was, like, man, I would have spent some money at point guard. And, and as uh, some money or some draft picks at, at point guard. And as much as I know that, that like, you know, this is almost like a sin to, like, to, to like question Derrick Rose, but like, you know, Derrick Rose hasn't been able to stay on the court. And when he stayed on the court, he's been terrible. So, you know, you kind of, it's the Brandon Roy thing. You shouldn't hold yourself hostage to a guy who might not be that guy. Bulls fans might hate me for hearing this, but like, you know, maybe you could have moved to try to get somebody like Napier on, on the team, right? Miami went out and got him. So you could, like the Bulls could have done a move where they got somebody like Napier on the team. Right. Because, you know, you don't know if 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 Rose isn't that you need some Rose insurance. Right. You could have tried to get Isaiah Thomas on the team. Right. So and again, this isn't this isn't a dig on Rose. This is just saying, look, there's there's a there's a 50 percent chance. I would say to me that Derek Rose is never Derek Rose again. Right. And because it, what's the track record of guys like missing two seasons and then coming back and like being who they were?
1: Well, and not only that, but Derrick Rose is going to sit. He's not going to play 40 minutes the game, and when the only guy who backs him up is Kirk Heinrich, what I would have, the other thing that I would have done is added a guy who can help initiate the offense from the guard position. A guy like Barbosa would have been useful there. Just somebody who, like, whether Rose is on the floor or he's not, I like just I, somebody I, who can do something.
0: I like Agassiz. I think people aren't like I. Have, I. I have no problem with DJ was The other. With the, the other guy who they had on the team late. They actually had like some good uh, guard play in the later half yeah. of the season.
1: They lost Augustine though, oh, they lost He Augustine. got over he got overpaid by the Pistons. Oh
0: god. Then then actually that it's a real problem because right now the point guard rotation is, is Derrick Rose, Kirk Heinrich, and Aaron Brooks. Ooh, and one Moore. Ooh, and then like Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's great defensively, but he's like really bad offensively. <laughs> I've actually done yeah. the numbers on this. He's like he's, he's like He's like historically good defensively. He's like maybe one of the best defenders in the league. Actually, not no may about that. He's one of the best defenders in the league. He's just terrible offensively. So, you know, I, I would have, as I said, I would have spent some draft. They got McDermott. What, McDermott was their pick. What did they uh, draft McDermott at? They
1: drafted him at 11. So they drafted him right before. So, Lowe's so, Payton so, at the so here's
0: some guys in like bull fans. You might hate me like at the end of the season for saying this, but you could have had, you could have had, Oh, I forget the name of the guy who went for Memphis. I could look him up. It's, who showed up – have you seen the guy who was the UCLA guard who showed up in shape from Memphis?
1: Jordan um, Adams. They
0: could have had Jordan Adams. You could have, I know
1: Jordan you, Adams. Yeah. You
0: could have had Jordan Adams. You could have had Chavaz Napier. You could have had Kyle Anderson. And either one of these three players would have been I, – I actually think Kyle Anderson, was the first the draft of 30, is going to be awesome. I, I, I actually think that, like, either one of those three guys would have been awesome for the Bulls. And they're going to look back – they might look back at, at this as this is a real missed opportunity if, if – if Rose isn't healthy, because if they had that one more player on the backcourt, uh, then then I, then I would be like, no man, that these bull, this bull team's has to be considered a title favorite. I don't consider them a title favorite right now. They have too many holes. I would, if I were them, I would still kind of be looking to make a move to get another ba- another backcourt player. And and really, they that that's because as you said, they got really strong. So what do they do with Taj Gibson? Like, what the hell do you need Taj Gibson if you've got Merotek M- 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 and Pagasol, What do you need Taj Gibson for? Right, Like, go out and get somebody else, right? Because you need somebody on the you – need, you need a small, not a big, is what you need on this team right now.
1: To, to me, the question is, what do you need Pau Gasol for? I would keep Taj Gibson and try to see if well, towards the deadline well, you well, can move Pau. Here's the
0: thing. Pau hasn't been properly – I mean, Pau is a better post-scorer than anybody on that team, right? And he's a better post-passer than anybody. And like, if you get Pau and Joakim Noah passing the ball in the center of, uh, of, of the post, then wow, that's that's something. But you need God. I wish they had Kyle Korver still on this team. Like they need a shooter on this team, and they don't have him. Like it's it's who's taking the three. Like you've got Powell and you've got Jokic Noah, like passing the ball and doing stuff in the post. Who is taking the who is taking that first pass and making the three? Right there, there isn't really anybody on this team that can actually make a three, or or or, or like at least uh, make a three with confidence. And that's the guy you need, which is why I said like you could have gotten somebody like. Or you could still go out and get somebody that could actually do that. And, 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 hey, I love Patch Gibson, but he's a bad fit for what you're trying to do with this team. Particularly if, again, particularly if you've got Meritick, what are you doing with him? I, I guess they're thinking Doug McDermott's the guy, but, but man, I don't know. It, I don't love it.
1: I liked what I saw him pretty well set at the three, the four, and the five, but it does that matter if you're so not set at the, at the one? Because... The, you can be derailed by one guy. The, the idea when you're building a team is that. And let's get to the over-under. The over-under for them is high. It's 55 and a half wins.
0: I'm going to be – I'm going to say under. I, I, I kind of feel the under on this team because, as I said, I don't trust Derrick Rose. I don't tr- – like my model hasn't trusted Derrick Rose for three years, and I haven't listened to it. And my model has been right on him I- I- every single time. I, it actually caused me the 2 smacked smackdown for not – because I said, look, look I, we don't – the model doesn't trust Derrick Rose to stay on the court. And when he's been on the court, he's been terrible. So it's one of those situations where you're like, you know, he's he, it, it's a bad beat, you know, and you, you, it's kind of a situation, you know, I understand the Bulls have all the sunk cost on him. He's a local boy, but really you should have a plan. If Derek Rose is your plan A, you need to have a plan B.
1: Yeah, I, I agree completely. I have one more thing on the Bulls. The other potential that I see for them, depending on how the rest of the East is going to shake out, and obviously the next team we're going to talk about is a factor in this, I think that there's a very meaningful chance that towards the end of the season, they know they're not going to get first, but they'll be pretty well sealed in on second place in the East. And so I could see them losing a couple of games, just not pushing as hard for like the last two or three games of the season. And that could push this 55 either way. Like now, that would be another is, reason I'd be hes- hesitant.
0: The reason, Actually, I would go the other way. Like Tivido has been shown. Th- Thibodeau cares not for that. So it was pop, yeah, definitely. But Thibodeau basically will try to win every single game that he can, and he will he will do whatever he can. So he doesn't he doesn't give up games. That's not Thibodeau. So I, I actually think that the Cavs are more likely to do that than the uh, the Bulls, because actually I think on the over under I think the Bulls are overrated and I think the Cavs are under. But we'll get we'll get to the Cavs in a second
1: the Cavs last year, this is gonna be the one that's gonna be the most fun. The Cavs won thirty three games last year. You can't say they got worse because that would be just be wrong. So how much better are the Cavs?
0: I think I think the question is, did the Cavs get better, way better or or historically better? I actually think the Cavs got historically better. And what I mean by that is like I don't think I can't think of a situation where a team has added two top five players in their prime before I mean other than like the Celt- I mean the Celtics adding you know, the Celtics adding the big three, this is comparable to that. Like LeBron and Kevin Love were the two best players at the position, like the best players at the position and top five players in the league. And they got added to this roster. And again, these are not the only additions for the Cavs roster. The Cavs actually did a tremendous job of adding other talent around them. I mean, I think like, you know, if we go through this, they added, you know, so LeBron, they added Sean Marion, they added Mike Miller. So basically they had LeBron, Sean Marion, Mike Miller at the three. They added Kevin Love at the four. They added Brendan Haywood at the uh, at the two, who is underrated. I mean, like Haywood didn't play much last year, but he's been an above average player for his entire career, right? So basically I think what they're hoping is between Barrett, Jow and Haywood, can we make a can we can we get three thousand minutes of the five and then like, you know, whatever, you know, maybe like get some Tristan Thompson playing the four and Kevin Love playing the five too. I think they did a fantastic job building the roster. We haven't even gotten to the fact that Ray Allen might sign for them, which is another great move. We, you and I talked about this, which is we are both literally drooling at what we think this team is going to be able to do because the lineups this team could throw out are kind of crazy. The only problem I have with this roster is, is, is the Deion Waiters factor. And actually, it's interesting because now they have James and if they get Ray Allen, I think kind of, and they got Deladova, I think Waiters is kind of, kind of redundant for this team. And I would be really thinking about, like, you know, what can I get for waiters? I've been, I've been joking, like, maybe we can move them to, like, New York or something. But, I, you know, I think this is a way, way better team. And I think it's under – I mean I think, I think this team wins 60 games plus in a walk. I mean, there's, there, there's no question. I, 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 the, more, the closer I'm getting to the season, the more I'm going, like, man, this team is going to win 60 games.
1: Yeah, I'm in a very similar boat. The other thing I would mention is not only Ray Allen potentially signing there, but they have to be the destination for any other people who get bought out, and we know that that always happens, that there are buyouts, because not only are they the clear-cut best team, but depending on how their roster shakes out, they might have some guard minutes available. So it's not like they're sitting there like you're going to the Spurs and you're going to the Spurs to not play. There's a possibility if a good guard gets released that they could get him and or if they don't already have Ray Allen and get some good minutes from him
0: yeah and again I think again we, you and I both like Matthew del Do- De we both like him uh, we both again my, my only my only problem with that roster is the Dion waiters factor which is I think Deion Wait- Dion waiters is like it's like a poor man's uh, Mario Chalmers Right, so it's it's, no, it's it's he's the the, the one thing the, the one the one uh, turn in the punch bowl. But I think I mean every, as I said, everything else on this team, like man, I mean adding Sean Marion and Mike Miller behind LeBron James, that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, I like I mean I don't love Tristan Thompson as, as if, if he's your starting power forward uh, or small forward on your team, then you're not winning a championship. But as the eighth guy on your team or the ninth guy on your team, man, that's that's, that's, that's pretty damn good.
1: And the other factor that I think is an issue for them is that they they don't have a great rim protection outside of Verchow. But I also have faith that if they need to, that's the other spot that they could get a buyout Heywood, guy.
0: Heywood's been Heywood's been good for his career. I think Ver. Yeah, and they, I mean, and, hey,
1: and you don't have to worry about fouling because he's not going to be playing that so many so minutes. So it's like it's like
0: as I said, if you're if you ju- all you need is a thousand five hundred minutes from Verchow, a thousand five hundred minutes from Heywood, and then you you play Kevin Love at the five in, in spots where you're going like LeBron. You can get LeBron and LeBron protecting the rim for, for spots. So, like you know, there's there's a thousand minutes where you're playing LeBron, Kevin Love at the five and LeBron at the four, and then like you have Sean Marion at the three. I think you're doing pretty well. Again, you can do that for stretches against certain. There's there are certain teams that don't have anything. If you put Marion, uh, LeBron, and and Love as your post, as you, in the post, there are certain teams in the East that can't do anything with that, right? And there are certain teams in the West that can't do anything with that. I mean there're going to be situations where we can't get away with it but but there's there's a lot of situations where you can.
1: Yeah, and even though I think teams are going to get up for playing them, I think they're so different and so so strong offensively that I think they're going to have a lot of games that they're just up by 20 in the third quarter and they're just going to be over. I think they're going to have a lot of those games which also could help the rest of their major guys. I think they're going to have a lot of games that the starters don't need to play much, if at all, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I
0: mean, like, surprise. I mean, Mike Miller played was What's the line? Mike Miller was the only guy that played every game for the Memphis Grizzlies last year, which is kind of crazy, uh, you know. Given and and again, if if they're gonna be games, where they're just like, you know, hey, you know, LeBron might play ten minutes, and they, they just go Sean Ma, Sean Mary and Mike Miller for the rest of the game. Say they're playing the Sixers. So it's like you don't need to play LeBron against the Sixers, right? Or you're playing like the Celtics, or you're playing the Bucks. I mean, you they're, they're gonna get nights off. And, and even if they get nights off, I, I think that they're still going to crush. I mean, it's really hard for me to look at this team and, and not see 60 wins. I mean, do, I mean do, how does this – what needs to happen for this team not to win 60 games?
1: LeBron or both of Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving are hurt at the same time. I think that's really what it is. It's going to be injuries at the high end that prevents it. And the over-under number on them is 58.5. I think we both expect them to blow through that, though obviously it's still a very high number.
0: Keep in mind, like the, I think the was it? I think the last few seasons that LeBron was in in, in Cleveland, I think there was the the one season. Is this is this team better or worse than the team that won sixty eight games in Cleveland for LeBron with LeBron?
1: I think this is the best Cleveland surrounding talent he's ever had,
0: and he won sixty eight games one season in Cleveland. Right? People forget this, but like they won sixty eight. I mean, this is they had some really. I mean, they just had some bad luck in the playoffs because they they got some guys who got hurt, but. You know, we're talking about, you know, historically great teams in Cleveland, and this is the best team he's had. And, you know, I think 60 games is easy. I mean, they won, what is it? They won 66 games in 2009, and I think this is, top to bottom, a better team than that team. Would you agree or disagree that this is better?
1: I think it's better, top to bottom. I would say so. And the other crazy thing is that These guys are all in their prime or before their prime. This isn't a situation... I mean, not Mike Miller and and Sean Marion, obviously, but the key players on this team should not be succumbing to the ravages of aging, maybe LeBron a little bit, because he definitely was down a little bit last year, but I think that his per minute could get better because I think he'll... They're not going to do what Miami did and overplay him so they can sit Dwayne Wade.
0: Yeah, I think one thing that's underrated, I keep saying this, is like, you know, I don't think Kevin Love has ever been in a situation where he's not getting double teamed. And, and you, basically, like, he's going to get more open looks than he has at any point since, God, maybe when he was playing UCLA. I mean, that, this is that's kind of insane. and And I think his numbers could be kind of crazy. And I think as long as Kyrie kind of learns to defer, and I think, I mean, again, I think there there's no way that Kyrie thinks that he's the alpha dog over like LeBron and Kevin Love. And I think wait, I think Kyrie's represented by LeBron's company, so I yeah, I know I think I think he understands what the, the hierarchy is going to be. So I, I think that this is I I just I think the question is going to be how far over 60 games does this team get? Not 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 whether they hit 60. I think how far they're going to get over 60 is going to be the question.
1: Agreed. So we we'll move on to Dallas. Dallas is a very interesting situation. Last season, they ended up squeezing into the eighth spot with 49 wins. Do you think they're better or worse than last year?
0: It's interesting. Dirk, by a lot of measures, is the best offensive player in the league. But here's the, here's the thing. At least last year, he was like the best offensive player in the league. He was like great at like hitting everything, basically. Uh, he wasn't great defensively. But I think one thing that's underrated is, I don't know how much of that was, I think Calderon was a real factor. I think uh, Dirk has played really well when you put a really good point guard next to him, and I think Calderon is a really, really good point guard. And and he's the kind of guy who makes everybody's numbers better because, you know, there's you hear players talk about getting the ball in the right spot. So they, they, they basically traded offense for defense by going out and getting Tyson. And again, you, if you assume that Tyson's going to be healthy, and, and, you know, again, keep in mind that, like, Tyson Chandler was playing on a team that had Andrea Bargnani, Amar Stoudemire and Carmelo Anthony next to him in the post, and it still was not the worst defensive team in the league. So he was doing a fantastic job defensively. I'm going to say that team stayed the same because they traded one thing for another, right? I do think they're going to be at about the same place where they were. I do think that they are better in a short... So I think they're going to be about the same, but they're going to be better in a short series. Does that make sense to you?
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think that... They're a tougher out in the playoffs. I think that yeah. that's definitely true, but I'm really scared of their point guard play because it's a massive test for Rick Carlisle. Because I, I've loved watching his teams, but he has never, to my knowledge, ever had a point guard rotation this shot. Who's
0: gonna be? Who's, who's gonna be their starting point guard? Who who runs? I think, who runs the point for this team.
1: I think it's Jameer. As crazy as that sounds, considering I don't considering think, I, I don't think,
0: it's, I, don't think it's, I don't think it sounds that crazy. Is it Jameer or is it Devin Harris? It's not I don't think it's gonna be Raymond Felton. Is it is it gonna be Monte?
1: No, I don't think Monte can it might be Chandler Parsons, just Chandler Parsons as the primary initiator and then you have somebody else as the point guard. But I mean I think you I think you give a lot of the reins of the offense to Chandler Parsons when and you play him with Devin Harris and then you let Jameer run it when Chandler sits. That's how I would do it, but I, Carlisle's a far smarter basketball mind than mine than I am I, mean, so I, had, I I'll trust him
0: I had this team at like around 50 wins like the roster last year this is about 40 it's around 46 this year but again I do think that like Chandler took a hit because of the guys he was playing next to defensively I think he's gonna get better I think Chandler Dirk works I mean they're actually really good when they were playing Dirk in the in the uh, at center uh, for for some for game he was actually really good. I think, again, hey, it, this is an interesting roster. I do think they're in that no-man's land. They do need to get to 50. I do think they get that. But again, I agree with you. Like, like going from Marcel Calderon to like, you know, Jameer Nelson and Ray Felton is, is, is a real kind of downgrade. Uh, but again, going from like, you know, the centers they had downbert was actually good when he could stay on the court, right? That that was the problem with Downbert was he wasn't really healthy. So, he was Serviceable. I mean, he was actually pretty good in that, in that, in that San Antonio series. Dalmer was actually quite good, but I mean, Tyson's definitely an upgrade, but as I said, I don't know how durable this team is going to be during the season. Although Dallas does have a good track record of keeping players on the court, right? So I think, I mean, again, I, I think they I think their philosophy is that they're going to try to get in and they're going to try to be a tougher out in the, uh, in the playoffs. And I think they achieved that. So I think they're, I think they're the same, but they're, as I said, slightly better in a short series.
1: So their over under number is forty nine and a half I'll go first, and I actually think they're going to go under this because they have such huge injury risk because if any one of their top three guys, meaning Dirk Tyson and Parsons, goes out, I think that they don't have the depth at those specific positions to do it. That was the big change that happened with them that isn't talked about as much. They lost the one Blair, who I think we both liked. Mm-hmm. they lost Vince Carter and they lost Sean Marion they Added talent, but they didn't really add and talent they, who can they, handle those guys being hurt.
0: And, and they lost Calderon too. I mean, like don't don't discount that. I mean, and again, but they also didn't have Brandon Wright, who Brandon Wright is an underrated player. They didn't have him for like only like part of the like he's offense, yeah. like at the post. Brandon Wright is great, and like the the problem with Wright is you couldn't play Dirk and and, and Brandon Wright together because they're both kind of more of offense and defense. But like you can play Brandon Wright and and Tyson Chandler. And you can play Dirk and Tyson Chandler, like extended minutes. You can actually even play Dirk at the three and play and go Dirk, Brandon, and, and Tyson for, for, for extended periods of time. I think the whole key to this team is they need – if Tyson Chandler is hand, healthy, this is a really good five-man roster. I just don't know that I, I can trust Tyson Chandler to be healthy that much. So I'm going to go – man, I think 49 is the number for this team. <laughs> so I'm actually going to go slightly under. But, again, I would stay away. I, I could see – if Tyson, if Tyson Chandler plays – 2800 minutes next year then I see this team winning 51 52 games
1: yeah I, I think that I could definitely see them doing that I can't see them winning more than low 50s but at the the other the next team is another one that you and I have talked about previously on the podcast and it's a team I think both of us like and that's Denver last season Denver won 36 games in another one of those that I think you could argue was close to the worst case scenario for that team
0: yeah I think I think Denver was actively tanking at periods in the season they law they, they were an injury ward they were actively tanking they were still much better than the record and I actually think this is probably a gimme I could see this Denver team being a top 4 forcing in the West I mean like wow which is because again look at look at they they went they went ahead and they put back together the team that was a top four seed in the West, and actually, I think you could argue that a bunch. I, I mean, I think current Faried. There's there's a likelihood that he's better this year, and I think they, you know, they got Moskov, who's. I mean, they they got some players on this team, and if you if you say, hey, you know, Gallinari going to come back and he's going to be healthy, then this could be a really good team, and I think that number. I mean, like I think they're a way way better team than they were last year.
1: Yeah, I think they're substantially better, and they they did what I call the double, which is that they're not only are they better in terms of their personnel, but their team was better than they should have been last. Their team played worse than they were last year. So I think that they're going to upgrade in both of those ways. I think the Apollo addition is huge for them. And as we just talked about with Dallas, they have the benefit of depth at the positions that I'm a little bit worried about with injuries and stuff. You know, what Ty Lawson being hurt screws them, just like any other team with a guy like Ty Lawson. But Gary Harris was a nice pickup for them. Yeah. Because I, I, as long as a follow doesn't get hurt at the very beginning of the year, you have that, and you have the depth now at the at the forward spots with Wilson Chandler, some Danilo Gallinari, and obviously Kenneth Fareed, that you can stay above water if one of them misses time. And you got to. And I think and that you, that's you a you huge thing for them. You got to veil. Oh, yeah, and Mozgov. I mean, if, if they stay healthy, they've and I, I'm a big fan of Nurkic. I really like Nurkic. Oh, Nurkic
0: was so, really, really, I, I've got him as a 93 in Europe. He was really good in Europe. So, no, no, I mean, like, there's, I mean, again they, I think this is a better version of a team that, like, won 50-plus games a few years back. And, and again, it, you know, I mean, again, I think the West is tough. I do think that, like, people are sleeping on this team. This team is not even, like, the, I think Vegas is kind of is very wrong on this team. Very, very yeah. wrong on this team.
1: And, and so Vegas' number is 40 and a half. I'm expecting that you think they're going to blow past yeah, that. Yeah, no,
0: I think they're going to destroy that number. I think they're, 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 they're way, way, way better than that number. I think, as I said, I think fifth, if I were setting the line for them, I would have probably set it at like 47 and a half is where I would, would have put that team. I, I think because, I, I mean, again, in stretches they were really good. I think the problem is like, you know, going by they tanked and they were really hurt. And I don't think that's something that's going to get replicated this year. I mean, I think if you start, if you look at their line, it's going to be it's loss and a foul. You've got Gallinari or Chandler at the three. You've got Farid. And then you've got Moscow at the five. That's pretty good. And then you've got JaVale coming off the bench. You've got Danula if you get anything from him. This, this, you like Gary Harris. We like what they've done. We, we think this is a team that can actually, like, I think in, in throw in the Denver advantage, and I think this is a team that, you know, they could win 50 games. And, you know, again, like the thing with Denver is you can win 50 games with a team that will win 45 games in another city, right? Because it,
1: of, Yeah, that's huge. And the other component that we talk, I've talked about, how I like to think of where a team would be and how, why would they do worse and why would they do better. I think that even if you slated Denver like I have as a mid-40s team, there's far more far more reasons to see them going there or over than to see them going under because they were had a horrible health last year, so we know what that looks like. They have far better depth and far better talent this year and it's unlikely that they're going to be as viciously tanking at the end of the season. When I look at them and I look at Phoenix, who won 12 more games last season, I don't see that big a discrepancy in terms of talent, if any discrepancy at all.
0: You know, I think the, the other thing is I don't think this is a situation where, like, they're not going to play Farid the minutes. One of the problems they've had is they, they, they've they kept Farid off the court. I don't think that happens this year, particularly after. I mean, like, you know, Coach K, basically, like, he was Coach K's guy. I mean, like, in generally Coach K... That that does help. I, I do think that Fareed's going to play as many minutes as they possibly can get him. I think so. I mean, again, I, I think this is a very very interesting team, and it, they're very they're very much slip, slip uh, uh, slipping under the radar for everybody.
1: Agreed completely. The next team is Detroit. Detroit won 29 games last year. Another one of those worst case scenario situations, both from a coaching perspective and from a just overall horrible play perspective, and going 3-7 and seven in their last 10 certainly didn't help. They had just a rough stretch to end the year. But they added one of the best coaches in the league, in Stan Van Gundy, and they shifted around their talent a little bit. How much better do you think they're going
0: to be? Well, one thing that people, uh, this is actually, I don't generally believe that coaches make a huge difference, but there are certain cases where they do make a difference. And Stan Van Gundy's teams, I've looked at like 20 years of data, and Stan Van Gundy's teams are don't take bad shots. And what I mean by that is, they, they if you look at what you, like, based on the shots taken, what you would expect from a regular player, Van Gundy's teams, like, I think I've got ratings for, like, his, his five Orlando seasons are all in the top 10 historically. And this Detroit team was a team that took a lot of bad shots last year. I think that they added some players that are good. They also again the coach is going to make a huge difference in that. Like I think that just not taking bad shots, uh, I'm looking at you, Josh Smith, is going to be worth probably at least ten wins for this team. I mean, I I don't. I mean, that sounds like a silly number, but again, the 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 record shows that like Ben Gundy hates like mid range shots, and I think uh, with this roster in particular, that's terrible taking mid range shots. That's actually going to make a huge difference. So I do think that this team is going to be way better than they were last year.
1: I think so too. And the other component of this that I like to think about for teams is. Who do they lose and who do they gain? And I'm not sure any team lost less in the players they lost than Detroit because they lost Ducky, who was fine. Villanueva was nothing. Phillips retired. He wasn't and really anything last year. Peyton Siva didn't even really play. So they, I, while they didn't add a ton of talent hey, I, on the
0: court. Wait a second. Agustin and Meeks were both underrated last year. I would actually argue that Augustine is better than was better than Jennings last year and Meeks was better than Bynum last year. Like,
1: yeah, I would agree with I would agree with both of those, but what I was getting to is even if they aren't huge upgrades, they're still substantial upgrades with no loss. And,
0: and Spencer Dinwiddie, who's their who's, who's their draft pick is was really good. I have him as a ninety eight in the NCAA. So I said they, they actually got I actually think their backcourt got way better. And I think again, I think Josh Smith, I think I think Ben Gundy's gonna put a shot call on him on him. And I think he's gonna be, like basically tase him any time he takes a bad shot. And I think just that is is going to be worth, I mean, man, Josh Smith like took some of the worst shots in the league. Like he was, he was like measurably like the worst, the the shots he took were, he took the worst possible shots of anybody in the league.
1: Yeah. And I also think they'll be playing him less at small forward, which could lead to less temptation. Though obviously Stan Van Gundy will take out the temptation anyway with this, with the crack in the whip. I
0: don't know. I don't know that Josh Smith is going to be, I, I suspect that he might not be long for this team. Because, again, they also they also got they also got Karen Butler, who actually – again, he was another one who was actually kind of under and, – and Karen Butler does everything that Josh Smith does, but he's a better shooter, right? So it's he might be a little older, but he's, 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 he does all the defensive stuff, but it's a better shooter. So I don't know that Josh Smith is necessarily the long-term plan for Detroit.
1: I would say that one of his goals probably is and definitely should be to rehabilitate his value in the first quarter to first half of the season and, and see it. if you can get an asset. And that asset, the nice thing about the Pistons is, other than center, that you can move them for anything, and that's benefit. And so you talk about the teams that are reticent to trade trade big for small. They're going to be trading small for bigger, not obviously a center big. But if you're getting a two for him, you're getting a one for him, you're getting a three for him, as long as it's a piece that you want to have for the next three years that's better than anything they have right now.
0: Yeah, but you can kind of look at their roster and go, like, you know, like, uh, Stan kind of put in the backup plan already, so, like, What's the backup plan for Brandon Jennings, DJ Augustine? What's the backup plan for at, at, like he's got two guys, he got Jody Meeks and Spencer Dinwiddie at the, at the shooting guard. What's the backup plan for Josh Smith, Karen Butler? You know, <laughs> and then I think I think he's pretty set with Greg Monroe and and, and Drummond, even though like he you look he hey, to be what is he doing there? You know, so I think that it, it's really interesting that this is starting to look a bit like how he constructed those those Orlando teams where he had some depth and and he had some kind of plan B. So. I think that this is a team that, like, it's going to, I mean, Detroit's going to have a really hard time, like, not winning half of their, half of their games. I, I think any stand-ban team is going to have a hard time not winning half their games.
1: And if you think they're going to win half their games, their over-under is 36-and-a-half. I have oh, a pretty strong feeling about what that means.
0: I, I, think they're, I, I think they're over. I think they're easy over, particularly since they're playing in the East. I think it's, 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 it's a no-brainer. I think, I, think, yeah. I, think, I think the question would be, like, if you ask me whether they make the playoffs, that's a tougher question. I think they're going to be in that bottom half, but I think they're definitely a playoff yeah. team. I think they underachieved massively last year. I think their coach – I mean, I think the, – the, the, you know, I, I don't know if you're a Cheeks fan. I'm a Mochik's fan as a player. I'm not a Mochik's fan as a coach. So I think that the upgraded coach was significant for this team. And, again, I think all yeah. the, up- the upgraded roster.
1: I, th- I, th- I think it's, it's the whole package for them. And going from a team that did a lot of wholesale changes to a team that did a lot less – The Golden State Warriors last year won 51 games. Do you think they're better or worse?
0: Oh boy, this is a rough question. I think that this team is the same, is my feeling with the Golden State Warriors. I think, because again, I I like Livingston, right, for example. So I think Livingston is a good piece that they added. I like Aaron Craft, but I still have the same concerns I did about their health and about their depth. I, I don't believe in Harrison Barnes. I don't know that Clay Thompson is necessarily the answer. I think they had a chance to get really better, but they didn't take it, right? So I think they're the same, and being the same in the West gets you nothing.
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty spot on. Their backcourt depth did get better, and that's a substantial thing because Stephen Curry last year, when the team was out, they were a disaster area. I think that will be a little bit better now, which is good. Because Barbosa yeah, Barbosa helps that, obviously, Sean Livingston does. And they also upgraded a coach, which I think is a substantial impact.
0: True. But if I I told you that this team got got two wins worse and and missed the playoffs, would that surprise you?
1: Not in the slightest, even if they were healthy. I mean, the Warriors are a good team if healthy, but if either Curry or Bogut misses any extended time, it's going to be a lot of trouble because they didn't, especially at center, because they didn't add anybody. They kept Festus Azzili, who is hurt again, and then they have... Kuzmich, who is just not particularly good at bat right now, he might eventually get there, and the big question for me with them is what will they do with Draymond Green? I think Draymond Green is their second best forward behind obviously Guadalupe, who I think is a wonderful player but where do they want to, what do they want to do with him? Do they want to play him? Do they want to use him to close out games? Do they want to use him to anchor the second unit? You know, you can do a lot of different things with him, and Jackson used him very poorly. We'll have to see if Kerr does any better.
0: Well, I mean, again, it's the point. It's like you know, and and I hate to keep harping on this, but they could have moved. They could have gotten Kevin Love on this lineup. They could have. They could move Harrison Barnes. They they you know, and and, and it'll probably make more sense. Yeah, they probably could have need. They would have needed to go out and get it too. But you know, I think there's a world where they could have gotten like. I think there's a world where they could have gotten. They could have gotten Lance and Kevin Love, right? So so what if what if the, the cost of getting Lance and Kevin Love was Clay Thompson? and, like I don't know Clay Thompson and Harrison Barnes and David Lee right it, why not try to see if you can get that I mean I think again I think if they're if they're if if they're if they're if there five which is Curry Clay Thompson Iguadala David Lee and Andrew Bowie can hang with anybody the problem is like I don't know that you can count on those five guys to be there when they need them right so I think they can hang but I think for example like if they get in the series with like Oklahoma or or San Antonio, I think both those teams can get him, and they've shown they can actually get him and outclass them. And I think they had a shot at being the best team in the NBA and didn't take it, right? And and you know I I get where they say oh we can't give up Clay, but I think you could have gotten something to replace Clay. And I think yeah. so they, they overvalued what they they overvalued their guy, and that's a problem. And again, I think they're they're about the same team they were last year, and it's all down to health for them. And I, I agree with you that they got better at the at coach, but did they get did they? Did, I mean, I, the problem is I think that tr- the, the, the the teams in front of them also got better. I don't think they're. I, I, I think yep. if, if I look at them and I look at the teams who were in front of them in the West, I think every team in front of them in the West like did a better job at improving their team in the off season than they did.
1: Yeah, and it, and when you're talking about the idea of coaches, it's not like the teams other than Oklahoma City in front of them have slouches. There, I mean, the Warriors finished sixth. I mean, maybe I I'm not a huge fan as you aren't either with Kevin McHale, but. It's not like they've got Stan Van Gundy. They got somebody who's a clear asset. I mean, and they were clearly motivated last year with Mark Jackson. The thing I want to ask you is, do you have any estimates in terms of if they, let's say, they had traded Clay and, and Lee for Love and Kevin Martin, for how that, how the Warriors would have looked then in terms
0: of wins? Uh, well, see, uh, I don't have. Oh, I don't have that in front of me, but I can give you an estimate. There were sixty wins. And uh, I've got that roster about the same. I've got them at like my 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 thing is saying 58 if they're exactly the same, but again with some changes. I think they were. I I would have had them at the 63, 64 number is where I would have had them. So I, you I think. Do how depressing that is for me? If they, I mean, but again, here's the thing. It's like if you if you upgrade David Lee for Kevin Love, and then I think it, it would. I don't think there's a market measurable difference between Clay Thompson and Kevin Martin. I think Kevin Martin's actually. Like, again, I think Kevin Martin's slightly worse probably at shooting, but, I mean, I, I mean, he could actually, like, if you put him on a team of, like, open shooters, I think he would have been fine. And then you do the upgrade with Kevin Love, and then you try to move to get somebody else. I think they could have gotten to a place where they were great. I think they're just good, and just good doesn't get you anywhere in the West.
1: And the other component with Kevin Martin is that you're playing him with Andre Godala, who's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And Martin has the size to guard threes. So as long as you let Stephen Curry do his job, which he's fine with doing, then you can hide Kevin Martin when you need to. And that's not a problem. And it's just so frustrating because it was just sitting right there, but we don't need to harp on that, but their over under total from Vegas is 50 and a half. How does that make you feel?
0: Basically Vegas is saying they're the same team they were a 51-win team last year. God. Uh, I'm going to say they're, the, I would say, I want to say under, but just slightly under. I think 50 wins is the number for this team. And I think that I would stay away. But because, again, I could see a situation where they have perfect health and they win 58, 59 games, but I don't think that's likely, right? So I, I think that they're going to have some issues. And I think they're going to be, and again, they have a new coach. So I think, I think 50 is the right number. And Vegas is saying, like me, Vegas is saying, yeah, they're the same team they were last year.
1: I would say that if you're a Warriors fan, don't bet the over because if they miss it and then they probably are missing the playoffs, that's just going to crush your spirit. If
0: you're a Warriors fan, bet the under and be happy when you you lose. You're either going to lose and be happy or or you're going to win. You're either going to lose and be happy or win and be happy because you made some money.
1: Exactly. And move on to another team that's in the same bit of scrap of, of everything else, and that's the Houston Rockets. Last season, Houston won 54 games. Did they get better? They get worse? They stay about the same?
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you. What do you think?
1: I think that the Parsons for Ariza part of their summer was largely a wash. I think that Parsons is overrated. Ariza is a little bit underrated. I also think he makes more sense with their team.
0: They, they needed they, but, need, they needed a veteran to a veteran steadying presence, and I think Starver Ariza is gonna be a, a good a good fit that way. Yeah.
1: But losing Omer is a huge thing for them. I, I, Lynn, is, Lynn is all right. And I think, uh, I mean, obviously they gave up first, so that, that changes it a little bit. But they have to stay healthy because I don't. I like Terrence Jones fine. And I love Quinn Capella, but I don't think he's ready yet. I think that what they did over the, the offseason is they increased their variance. I could see if everything works for them, I could see them blowing up. I see them as a better playoff team now, assuming health. But... At the same time, I could it's so much easier now with the lack of depth because they lost to Sheik and, and Lin without really replacing them. I could see them falling off and doing that. So I think they're about the same, but the variance part of it scares the living daylights out of me. You
0: know who I, who I was reading it, it might be the backup for, uh, for Dwight this year?
1: No, I'm interested.
0: Uh, they were saying Joey Dorsey might be the backup for Dwight.
1: Okay, that scares me even more.
0: Well, Dorsey's actually been kind of. He's been good. He's short, but he's been good in Europe. I mean, again, this is for stretches. I mean, I'm assuming. I think they're thinking that, like, I think they're, they're, they're plan A, plan B for Dwight. So it's Dwight, then I think Capella and Dorsey would be their plan B, right? And I think it's not a. I, I, again, I like the pickups they made. They, they did. The guys they picked up were really good in Europe. <laughs> so, and, or, like, uh, these in the playoffs. I like, again, I like uh, Troy Daniels. I think that. Uh, you know, I think they did a good job. I, I think, again, I, I like Ariza more than Chandler, for the, for, than Parsons for the team. Uh, I think that overall, I think this is a better team. And again, I, the noise that I'm hearing that, like, Howard wasn't really healthy and that the Lakers pushed him too hard and he wasn't fully himself uh, is good noise. I, I think this is a, they were already a better, te- like, again, this is a team was more talented than the record last year. Anybody who watched them stumble through national TV games, I think there was a national TV game against the Bulls where they looked like they were hungover, and they may have been hungover. I think this is a team that's actually better than their record. I think everything has always been about them maturing. I think this will be a better team than they were last year, just, just because they're older. And I think they added some pieces that make sense. I agree with you that they, they kind of increased the barrier. But again, I don't think that... Uh, Omer wasn't great for them last year. And he was adding to the maturity problem and the, and the kind of bad locker room problem. So I do think that this team is actually way. Un- I think this team is way undervalued this year. I think this, this team is better than they were last year, and they're easily to me they're easily better than they were last year. Just because again, I think just the general age thing is going to help them. Again, again, everybody they picked up I like. I mean, I, I even like Jeff Adrian, right? So I, I think they they did a Jeff Adrian was actually decent in limited minutes for the for Milwaukee. So again, I think they they did what they needed to do to improve. And I think with young teams, you always expect them to get better year to year. And the Rockets, were, the Rockets weren't the were built to win now. The Rockets were built to win over a few years. And I don't think they – last year wasn't their peak. And I think they're going to be better this year.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see that, see that argument. And that – if you think they're going to be better this year, then their over-under is 49.5, which is – would be a four, they could still do that finishing four games worse than the last year. So oh, no, that's,
0: that's one of the easy, that's one of the, to me, that's one of the easiest over-unders that there is on the board. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, what do you think the likelihood of, of, of the, uh, the Rockets winning less than that amount of games next year?
1: I'd say it's about one in three. I, which is probably substantially higher than you because, you know, I could see it, especially now like Patrick Beverly getting hurt would be a far bigger thing. Basically now any one of their top, the starters getting hurt is a much bigger deal for extended periods of time, unless the guys well, that you like from Europe come on.
0: Yeah. I think again, so let's say, let's say, let's say, uh, Patrick Beverly goes down. Then just you just play Harden at the one and like, you know, and then like have like one of the backups twos kind of come up, right. They've got Jason Terry on there and a couple other guys. I mean, they can, they can, they can swing without him for a while. I mean, they, they have Harden kind of is more of a one sometimes than he, than he looks. And then you switch him back and forth. I do think that, like, the bigger risk is Dwight. I mean, I think the bigger—you you hit it, which is, without Dwight, it becomes a little bit of more of a run-and-gun team, and they don't have that great defensive presence or the backup that they had in, in Omer. But, you know, I like the over on them, I like, I, and I like their division odds again. I liked them last year, I like them again this year, because—and we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the Spurs. The Spurs are always a risk for, like, you know, giving away five— like, Bob might just say, ah, I'm fine with being the preseed. seed—
1: yeah, he might. I'm lower on them than you are and I still think there's a 2 thirds chance that they win the bets. So that's pretty good. I mean, you're not going to get better than that most of the time.
0: I think that and, what do you think uh, so let's let's put it another way. What 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 are their what are their odds of winning 60 plus?
1: Oof, 60 plus, 60s a lot. I I would say maybe about the same actually, maybe about 1 in 3.
0: Yeah, because I think it's. I think they have there's nothing if that roster won 60 games at some point, you wouldn't be surprised. The problem is like, yeah, no,
1: absolutely agree. The problem
0: is like, are they? And again, the, the the scuttlebutt that you hear about this team, which is like, you know, they're just not mature, right? So it's like, you know, they they're they're out clubbing and they're out going to strip clubs, and you know, if if you know, we we there's stories about you know Harden Harden going out to like smoking bars before the uh, before the Portland playoff series. So I mean, like, you know, if this team kind of gets in their head to actually you know play hard and like. You know, show up every game, then, yeah, I mean, this is a really talented roster, and at some point they're going to put it together. And I think, you know, I think, I think 49, 49, if, they, if this team, like, failed to win 50 games, then Mikhail not only needs to get fired, he basically, like, should never get a job as a coach again, ever.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely a fair assertion. Now we're changing changing gears going to the Indiana Pacers, team that won fifty six games last year, with the Paul George injury, with Lance Stevenson going somewhere. The question isn't are they better or are they worse? The question is how much worse are they?
0: I think they're way worse. I I, I think that uh, I think more of the question is probably like, are they gonna be trying this year? Uh, you know, I think I think this team's kind of This is a smartly coached team, and they kind of understand that if they want to win games, they have to slow it down and play like ugly ball and try to win by like you know minimizing the variability, which is kind of slowing. Which is like the anti-Philly plan, which is play the slowest pace possible and like turn it into a rock fight. And I think that I mean they have the coaching for it. I, I I don't know that they want to win this year, and what I mean by that is like I think it might be worth their while to kind of just you know what, let's just, just write, write off this season and try to get uh, a decent draft pick and maybe get another player to come in uh, cheaply for this roster. Again, they're also kind of on a small market, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think they're worse. They're definitely worse. Could I see their coach and that roster win go 500 if they really wanted to? Maybe. But I don't know that they really want to. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think they should tank, but I don't think they will. I think that the big question for them is how bad will, the, will their offense be? I think their offense is going to be really atrocious because when your best offensive player, other than Roy Hibbert, who comes, or other than David West, obviously, like George Hill is going to be asked to do a lot offensively. George Hill is not a good offensive player. At least in my eyes, you you're, you could see him differently, but
0: he, he's okay, uh, but he's not. Yeah, no, no.
1: Right. He doesn't initiate the offense. You know, if, if he's your linchpin, then you're not going to be doing very well. And, the guys that they added to replace the guys who left are not logical fits to take so, on that kind of responsibility. Their, their
0: starting lineup right now, at least projected by Roto World, is George Hill, Rodney Stuckey, Solomon Hill, David West, and Roy Hibbert. What I don't know what part of that like makes you think playoff team. Uh, there's there's nothing in that five that makes me think playoff team. I, I
1: only only Frank Vogel and David West.
0: Yeah, that those are the only two things because. As I said, if they want to, I mean, I think they can basically, like, punch their way to, like, a 500 season. But, man, I don't know that it's in the best interest to do that, right? So I, I, would, I would almost kind of go, like, screw it. Let's play a fast pace and let's just write this one off because they really do need, even if they had their fully healthy squad, they would probably need another player. I mean, do, 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 I mean, even if they had Paul George, I would still think this is a rough season for them.
1: Yeah, I, I would I would think so too. I would put them in the playoffs still if they had Paul George because not only is he a really good player, but they didn't really replace him. But yeah, I think this will be a great test for if Vogel is actually a good coach because he's going to have to do a lot more with a lot less and a lot uh, with pieces that make a lot less sense together. But their number is 32.5 wins, which is pretty awful if you want a comparison for what that is. Cleveland, the, with their train wreck of a season, finished with 33 wins.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, Cleveland was trying for the entire season. They were actively trying. They were actively willing to get players to actually win, and it turned out well for them. I, I man, my, my numbers have them without George. Assuming George plays. Doesn't play, a, doesn't play a single play. I've got him at 31 right now. That's that's the number I'm, I'm kind of seeing from my preliminary projection. Christ, I mean... I think I would go under for this team. And I honestly, because I honestly think that like it makes, I think that that if like, like Indiana, if you're listening, just don't even try You shouldn't even try this season. I think I would, I would be looking to maybe move with Hibbert and maybe get some pieces, maybe get some more assets because it doesn't really make any sense for you to, I mean, you're not going to be able it's like if you make the playoff, like Cleveland or Chicago is going to destroy you in round one, just destroy you. It's like, it's not even going to be close. Just You're better off not even trying.
1: Yeah, I'm really on board with that. And I feel bad for them in a way because they've had such great success and they've done it in the true small market way of cultivating their talent and making a really smart signing with David West. I think that was well done by them. But you, ha- at certain points you just have to accept the hand that you've been dealt and just kind of run with it and understand that if they come back closer to 100 for next season. If they can add a lottery pick and hit on that lottery pick, they'll be they'll be pretty pretty decent. So that's how I would do it, but what I'm guessing would happen with me if I was betting this is I would be I would be sitting there and go, "Oh, I'd be really scared to bet the under." And then 20 games into the season, I'd be so pissed at myself that I didn't
0: yeah, because I think that's how it would go. They were also terrible in the second half of last season. Ter- just downright terrible. They were terrible in the second half of last season. They were terrible in the playoffs. So if we go by the terrible team, that, if you take the terrible team that they were and you subtract two all-star players, then, man, I mean, if they were playing 500 ball in the second half of the season. So you take a 500 team and subtract two all-star players. I, again, the, pro- the problem is, like, it might be one of those situations like Tom Thibodeau where, like, you know, they're going to play hard every night and a lo- bunch of the teams in the East suck. Right? So this is why that 32 number is there. right? So It, it might just come down to, hey, Frank Bogle really good, and a lot of the teams in the East are, don't care. right? So this is why I would say that maybe you stay away from it and get mad, or just play the flyer on like the other for this team.
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty, pretty spot on. Next team is a more fun team this season, and that's the LA Clippers who won 57 games last year in obviously the high watermark for their franchise,
0: do you think, I would say, ever. Do you think this team is better or worse?
1: I think they're better. I think they their biggest weakness was front court depth and their front court depth got substantially better. Well, yeah,
0: I mean like when you can go out and like add like I mean again they added they added they added they added Jordan Farmer who was actually really good last year for the Lakers. Like hey, all these guys that are Lakers like keep leaving the Lakers and going to the Clippers. That's kind of that's kind of and Farmer was actually pretty good for the for the Lakers last year. You know, they they added Farmer. I think you're going to get a healthy Redick. Which you really didn't get, like it's underrated, but they didn't get Reddick, and Reddick was actually quite good for them. He wasn't healthy last year. You added the under, and Spencer Hawes was a, a tremendously good three-point shooter last year. I'm um, doing this thing with like B-ball Breakdown, where like we're ranking him. Like Hawes was like the, clearly the best big man shooter uh, that you had. So you yeah, had he was, and he was actually decent at the five 2 So as you're saying, they added front court depth, they added back court depth. They're a better team. I mean, again, if you can get. And the, the biggest worry I would have for them is, can, can Chris Paul stay healthy? But if you get everybody back and with the guys they added, this is a better team than they were last year. And it's kind of silly because like, they, they were close to being the best team in the league in terms of regular season wins. And I would argue that I would argue that basically they, they, got, they got hosed by the refs against the, the Thunder. They really should have made the Western Conference Finals. That was like one of the ugliest refereed fi- uh, uh, like playoff series I ever saw. But in other and they also kind of upgraded owners as well. So like, they can't be underway of the fact that like they're not owned by Donald Sterling anymore. They actually have a a rich and kind of uh, likable owner now.
1: Yeah, not only do they have a rich and likable owner, they don't have a ton of flexibility this season. But the other thing we talked about, Chris Paul being healthy. Last season, Chris Paul missed 20 games. JJ Redick only played in 35. So when you're talking about that, they all they have to do because we'll get to their over under right now. Their over under is. Fifty-five and a half, so they can do worse than last season yeah, Paul, and win the bet.
0: If Chris Paul plays seventy games and JJ Redick plays fifty, then they're already a better team. And this is without like talking about the fact that they upgraded, you know, and like you know, I, I they, Glenn Davis is still on the roster, but I don't know that Glenn Davis is going to get any real time on this team. And they, they uh, man, it's hard for me not to think that this is a better team than they were last season. I really think. I mean, they, they, I mean, I think they're clearly better. It's, it's how much, but I mean, like this is a team that I could see. Could you see this team winning sixty four games?
1: That's pretty high, but I could see it. You know, it's it's a possibility. Remember that nobody in the West, though. Obviously, the Spurs let off the gas pedal. Nobody in the West won more than sixty two. But you remember, so sixty four is.
0: If you remember, like when when the Clippers were fully healthy and, and like knocking on all cylinders, they were like in the last couple seasons. They they when they've been like at their like everybody's healthy, everybody's here. They've been basically blowing people out of the building, right? So it's it's this is a team that like you know this is a team that doesn't suffer bad teams like like I don't think like the Bucks aren't beating this team, right? The Knicks aren't beating this team, right? Like and I don't think the Knicks are going to be bad necessarily, but I don't think the Knicks are like their teams are just just have no shot against this team if this team like it like it it's particularly now that they have more depth it, it's uh, wow yeah and it's
1: the other huge component of it is that. Like we talked about with Cleveland, I think they're going to knock a lot of teams out early, and that will allow them to get their starters more rest, even in even in games that they need to win. Yeah, but the, and that's a huge huge shift for a team like the – that's a huge benefit, because if you can give Chris Paul 20 minutes and a win, that's a whole lot better than giving him 35.
0: Yeah, but the backs – even the backs on, the, on this team are, are great. I mean, like – Yeah. That's the yeah. – that they're, they're, they're starting to look a bit like the Spurs. we are like, yeah, no, the second – I think the second unit for this team could, might might actually make the play- – the second unit on this team might make the playoffs in the East. Like what the second unit like. Let's go two on the depth chart for this team is Jordan Farmar, Jamal Crawford, Chris Douglas Roberts, Big Baby, Big Baby. It's yeah. ho-
1: it's ho- you either play you either play Haas and Udo together or Haas and Big Baby. Either way, that's not horrible. I don't think they make the playoffs in the East, but they're definitely fighting for it.
0: Yeah, they're in contention for the playoffs. It's not like the Spurs. Are, yeah, I know they, they they might they might actually get a they probably get a, a top four seed. But this is kind of a good, much better than it was. And and so I mean I think. I think we both agree that this is better than this. I mean, there's no way to look at this roster and say they're worse.
1: And when you can still finish one game worse and still do it, I think that says all we need to about the quality of that bet.
0: So what, and what, what, so what would be your number for the Clippers?
1: If I had to put a number to them, I'd, I'd put it at 60.
0: I think they get 62, and they're the number one seed overall. That's that's my take on this team. Because I, I think that, and again, it's, it's I think Doc's going to play that. They're... they're they're going to do whatever they can to get the one to get basically get the one seed and get home court. They're not. They, I think it's important to them to have home court and hopefully maybe not have the the whole refereeing debacle the they had last year. I mean, the one thing is, I wish they would change their name. They should just change the name. L.A. Stars. It's what the uh, the old A.V.A. team used to be called. It's much better than Clippers. Clippers make sense if you play in San Diego. Not not that much in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, there's nothing tying them to that name. They, hey, they can even keep the same colors if they want to. I'm not saying they have
0: to, but they can
1: if they want. And, yeah, I I think that there's a lot of baggage there. I'm from them in the last couple years, so they can easily move away from that.
0: They could call themselves themselves the Los Angeles Windows or something.
1: Speaking of of a team that has all the name cachet they need but actually needs to get better on the court, the Los Angeles Lakers won 27 games last year. Are they better or worse?
0: Man, that's a rough question. You know, God, I would honestly have to say – I think this team is better than they were last year. Yeah, because I think that Nash will play more than he did last year. He can't play less. I think Lynn is is an upgrade. I think you're going to get some Kobe coming back. I think that well, all, they they already lost Nick Young. Uh, they got. I'm I'm kind of thinking that Randall is going to be a good, but they also got Boozer. It's you know I'm looking through it. I'm trying. Uh, you know what? It's they're the same. They're basically the same. They might be more fun, but I think they're basically the same.
1: I think they got better, but if I was running their organization, they would have gotten worse. I think that it was a very silly thing to do all these rentals. Though, obviously, if you get Jeremy Lin for a first-round pick, I'm never going to knock that because you got a first-round pick but, out of
0: it. Well, here's the thing. If, if it's if it's Nash, Lin, if you can get Nash, Lin, Kobe, Randall, and Jordan Hill, right, That's that's your five. That's not a bad five, right? That's... If you, it's
1: not good, but it's not Well, bad. I mean, it's not, again, it's not well, it, bad.
0: It, it, it de- well, it depends on what Steve Nash and what Kobe Bryant you get, right? So, and again, that's that's the issue. It's like if you get if you get like half of like if you get if you get like a throwback Steve Nash season, or at least a kind of throwback, like a Jason Kidd on the Knicks season, or so more like Jason Kidd's on the Mavs. Like the problem is like you you're probably gonna get is a Jason Kidd on the on, on the on the on the on the on the Knicks season. Where he was good for a while, then it, like he died basically, and he, he he like I think was it I think Jason Kidd didn't make a shot in the playoffs, or something like that. Like and so it's that's the problem. So ideally, I'd have Lynn at the one and like Nash at the two, and then Bryant at the three. That that would be my ideal use of that roster. And then like Randall at the four and Jordan Hill at the five. And I think that gives you kind of above average players in all five positions. The problem is, like, after you get out of that, like, everybody else on that roster is crap. And I don't trust any of those guys to stay healthy for the entire season. Particularly now that, like, it looks like the, the Lakers' training staff is terrible. Like, they, they can't, like, there's, there's a subtle dig thrown. that Somebody was throwing this, so like, apparently, like, Phil was throwing subtle digs at their training staff, too. And they haven't been able to keep anybody on the court.
1: Yeah, they haven't been able to keep anybody on the court. And... Their depth is not super strong because, you know, they have, they have guys, but they don't have quality. They, I don't even know really who their backup center is. I guess it's Ed Davis, which is I actually like Ed I Davis like, more than I,
0: most. I like Ed like Davis. I think, again, I don't think there's – the problem is, isn't there. The problem is, like, let's look at the power forward. It's Carlos Boozer and Ryan Kelly. Ooh. And Nick Young is down. No,
1: and, and Julius Randle, who I like. I like Julius Randle a lot. No, I
0: like Randall. I'm assuming Randall's going to be the, the, the – Randall should be the, the, the one guy on that team. Uh, again, the problem I think that This is not a roster that's taking you anywhere And uh, that's why I say I think they're about the same I could see them being slightly better I've actually said that I think this could be a team that's sneaky fun on League Pass Because particularly like If, if you've got Nash and Lynn kind of, if, that's, if that's your backcourt And you got maybe Bryant there I think this could be a really fun team to watch Right? I don't think they win a lot of games But I think they could be really fun to watch
1: a I, I, fun to watch might be a little bit strong, but I think when they're healthy, they'll be interesting at the very least.
0: You're not into national lin?
1: I'm loosely into it. I just think that their defense is going to be atrocious. And they don't have D'Antoni as their coach anymore. Of, I,
0: it makes it fun. Like the, 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 the Sixers are fun to watch for certain periods of the season because you knew... The he, first quarter. Yeah, you, you were, you were going to get like a high-scoring, like crazy game. So, I mean, like it's the same thing. I think... There's a real shot that this is like a like a really good like a good offense with terrible defense, which makes for like 120 you know 120 to 120 games, so they could be a fun league pass game. And then like Kobe's going for 50 every night. No, I think it actually work.
1: Okay, so the number is 31 and a half. What do you think?
0: Oh God, I would I would begrudgingly say under.
1: Yeah, I would say so too because while they have nice point guard depths now,
0: if not, Kobe not gonna, or Randle, that team is not going to tank. I mean, th- that front office is not going to tank. They, they, it,
1: but how can they – but they can't – it's not like they're going to get guys getting cut saying, oh, I really have to play on I, this third and Laker team. If that
0: team wanted to win 18 games, they could, but I think they're going to try, right? So, so I think that – I would go slightly under, but slightly. I don't think they're going to be – they're not – they're going to compete is what I'm saying. They're not going to give up games. They're going to compete.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I would actually, I'm kind of leaning a little bit towards the the over, but I think I would never bet it because they have a lot of downside risk. But they're, I would say they're more than a 30 win team on
0: talent. Yeah, again, assuming they're healthy. I mean, right. like I've got them, I've got them anywhere from 19 to 33 is where I've got them because like, there's a lot of variability on that roster. I'm, I'm like, because they could, you know, again, who's going to be healthy? Who's going to be there? So like 20 to 33 wins. I think Vegas is right. I think I think under is strong is a higher possibility than over for this team.
1: Next up are the Memphis Grizzlies. They won an even fifty games last year, finished with the seven seed. Do you think they're better, or worse, or about the same?
0: Well, the Grizzlies had a lot of bad, uh, had a, a lot of health problems last year. I think the, the issue. I, I mean, again, I liked who they. I really liked their draft. I like Jordan Adams. I liked uh, Hancock. I liked Journal Stokes. I think they're all really good players. I, I don't know how that rotation shakes out. I worry that Mark and Sack are not necessarily going to be able to stay healthy. With that said, I'm going to say that this team, you know, I was initially leaning towards, like, worse, but I'm going to say they're about the same. Because even though I think that there's risk in the guys they they brought back, I do think they did a really good job at, at, like, like, drafting. So I do think that, like, on the balance, it'll be about the same.
1: This is the reason why I like talking about separating out talent and performance, because I think that on talent, they're about the same. I think that they lost Mike Miller. They added Vince Carter, Jordan Adams. Those guys are going to be really useful for them. They added Jarnell Stokes, who I really like a lot. I think that he will give them more than Ed Davis if they play him. I'm not sure either one of them really mattered that much. But the huge part of Memphis is – not only everybody talks about how they lost a lot of Marcus because Marcus Ol missed 23 games which is big Tony Allen missed a bunch of games too Tony Allen missed more than 20 I mean I think that yeah,
0: but 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 I think the problem is like I think that's a thing for that team I think that like Mark and Zach and Tony and, and you know I don't think that you can count on them to be like really healthy I, I think that's 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 my that's my concern for this team I think this is a team that like that is fragile, and I think there's a team. That, that's why I say, like, really, this is why I say they. If, if I could say they have perfect health, I think they got better, but I don't think they're going to have perfect health. Even Conley doesn't stay on the court that much.
1: I think you made a right, right point about perfect health, but they didn't have perfect health at all last year, and they still won fifty. I think the big question with them is Conley because he's the only guy. I don't think they have a clear replacement for. I like Benno, I but like, I don't
0: like Benno. I like I like ben, I like I like Nick. I like Nick He's all right. He's big, but he's decent.
1: Yeah, but so they're over-under. This is why I have strong feelings on it. It's 48.5, so it's lower than what their win total was last year. I think I, I wouldn't feel super happy about it because of how stacked the West is, but I feel pretty confident that they're going to do better than that.
0: So my range on this team right now is is 40 to 50 is my range for this team. So given, that my, range, that, given, given that my range for this team is – actually, it's 41 to 51. So I would say under because it's saying that most of the time they're falling – just like below. I and I think it's it, it's not that far. I think again, if you're not Adams is a beast, then this is completely changed. And he might be a beast, right? But I would say that slight under is my feeling. So somebody has to lose the wins in the in the west. And I think it Memphis is a strong candidate for for kind of taking a little bit of a step back. Because I'm saying that the Mavericks are saying the same. I'm saying that the Nuggets are better. I think the Memphis takes a step back.
1: Yeah, I think they're they're in a similar boat to Dallas that I think that it you know the question is going to be kind of on luck and and how the people that we amazingly we haven't gotten to yet the teams that were below them how hard they push up against them yeah but who has the, who has
0: the track record of keeping their play older players healthy I mean it's like I, I do you I, I don't know that even though hey they they got a full healthy season out of Mike Miller last year so maybe they can, they can't they do have a good track record of keeping players healthy. So, I mean, I just, I don't know. I I kind of feel like somebody has to take the step back, and I feel Memphis is a strong candidate for it. So I'm looking at that 48 and going like, eh, I I think, you know, I also think, you know, we'll talk about New Orleans, but I think New Orleans is stronger. So I think those wins are coming at, like, the expense of Memphis, is, is, is my take.
1: Okay. So the team is the team that ended up losing in the NBA Finals last year, and they lost a lot more after the NBA Finals, the Miami Heat. Again, the question is not, how I think I think with them we're going to have an interesting conversation about how much worse, but it might not be as much as some people think.
0: I think Miami actually had, other than the LeBron, they had a great offseason in the sense that, like, I think they I think they did what they could in the draft. I think they did what they could in free agency. They got some good players. The problem is they lost LeBron, and you know the Miami folks don't want to hear it now, but you know LeBron is the best. Play, you know he's arguably the best player alive. And he's one of the greatest players of all time. And so, you know, you won 54 games. How much worse are you without LeBron? And so what do you, what do you think about the Heat right now?
1: I think that the Heat are going to have a little bit bigger of, a, of an offshoot because they used LeBron so much as a crutch last season. They're another team that is hurt a lot by point guards that aren't great at running an offense. And so they were able to do things with LeBron that Dane can't do. So while I think that the margin between Deng and LeBron might be a little tighter in some ways, I mean, obviously it's still, um, it's still a gulf. It's obviously still large. I think that the difference in winning games when it gets down to the margin will actually be larger. As you said, I think that in terms of the 2014-15 season, I think the Heat did an excellent job rebounding after LeBron left. I do worry about the long-term ramifications of it because they signed Chris Bosh for way too long. I think
0: that was yeah, a very I, misguided contract. I think we we've talked about it in another podcast which is I think that given the fact that like the gap's going to explode, then it's not that bad because it ends up it'll yeah. end up becoming something like the equivalent of a 10 million dollar deal now and there aren't that many great centers and he does do some things well. I do think that this is closer to the I think this is closer to the Heat and uh, Raptors team before they got LeBron, right? So I think that I think that they're obviously i think they're obviously worse. I think that it'll be interesting when we talk about the over unders for this team you know i've got them i've got them right now in close to the five hundred mark right that's where I see them whereas i think again the the issue is I like the guys they drafted I really like and signed i like napier i I like cam Burch, so they do have some upside i do think if 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 Napier and birch or either one of those is a good player then 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 you could see this team kind of be in the hunt but they do need to hit on one of those guys
1: yeah i think they fell into the soup meaning that there are a bunch of teams that are in about the same level and some of them are going to rise and some of them are going to fall and i don't have a ton of confidence in terms of which way they're going to go just that they're in that mix and vegas pretty much agrees with that because they their number is 44 or 43 and a half wins so 44 wins would do it and for reference the Brooklyn Nets won 44 games last
0: year. I would be, and as I said, I'm a 41-42 is where I'm seeing them. I would have the under on them, but I would stay the hell away because, again, if Dwayne Wade, top five player, shows up, right, and plays 3,000 minutes, then, yeah, no, they win 50 games. But I don't know that that guy exists anymore, right? So I would say that the majority of the time, the, the Heat don't hit the 43.
1: Agreed. And the other, we talked about when with Indiana that, Frank Vogel had a major test, and he has a lot of hype as being a great coach. I think Spolster has a huge challenge, too, because he has to totally change the identity of his team, because this was a LeBron team, and now they don't have LeBron. So they have plenty of talent, but he's going to have to make a system that works with a different group out there, and I think it's going to take some time, and if they're going to soft-pedal Dwayne Wade again, which I fully expect them to do, I feel like they're going to leave Some games on the table and they're going to lose some games that they would otherwise win. And that's going to be a lot harder to justify, though I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. I'm saying it's going to be harder when you're fighting for a playoff spot than when you're still settling in at the top. Correct. So that's the end of the original recording of Part 1, but as I said at the beginning, when we recorded for Week 2, Arturo and I did a lightning round because of what happened over the course of the week, and also Arturo had developed more projections, he'd run more simulations, so we wanted to talk about all the teams again, so this is a quick, about 10-minute run through a lightning round of the 16 teams a week later.
0: So I'm going to explain just a little, tiny little bit. So what I've done is I've got seven models running at this point, and uh, I've done a bunch of simulations. And what I'll say is typically what I do is I take like a, a quick vote. So if like say for example we talk about the Hawks, the Hawks right now five of my models think they go over, two of my models think they go under. So that's you know that's a not a strong over, but it's a it's a good over bet. I, I actually think the uh, the best for the Hawks is the division odds for them is still the best. So that's a that's a typical example so you know we can kind of go through the teams very quickly everything so Boston Brooklyn Charlotte Chicago Cleveland and Dallas are all under I think the Cleveland one I'll explain in, the, in that like as much as the model likes uh, the models like Kevin Love and and uh, LeBron James they don't like a lot of the other folks on that team they, they worry about the on-waiters. they worry about the depth I, I do think if they get Ray and a couple other things break their way they could definitely be better the other thing is I do think that team is going to – they're way better. They're predicted as way better than everybody else in the conference. So there might become a point where basically they're just kind of like they don't care for the last 10 games of the season. So that's why, like, it, it looks at that and goes, eh, you know, 50, and 50, 50, 59, 58. 58.5 is a little too high for that Cleveland team. The Bulls under is a function of, like, well, you know, when your plan A and plan B is Derrick Rose, your plan A and your plan B is Derrick Rose right? And, and that makes uh, any simulation kind of queasy. And then Pau hasn't been very good the last few years. Would you agree to that, that like, Powell just really hasn't been that good the last few years? I would agree with that. Yeah. So Especially, yeah, it's been shaky. Yeah. If, if you were, and, and I said this, if, if Miritic was the one who was getting the minutes and Powell was coming off the bench, and they'd mm-hmm. actually gone out and gotten some, or like kept DJ Agustin or gotten somebody to back up Rose, then yeah, I'd be a lot better. Like, if they had Napier, for example, i, I feel a lot better about this team. I don't you know, I, I do think that like they're they're gonna be there but they're not I don't think that that number that Vegas put up a fifty five and a half is way too high. So but doesn't that make sense with Vegas' goal though? Because I'm guessing people are pretty
1: bullish on the on them and so then that leads to people betting it evenly?
0: The smart money should be on the bulls under. They it really should. Because, you know, hey, Derek Rose, you know. You know, again, it doesn't mean I don't think they'll be good. I mean, I think they'll be a they, they're the probable two seed in the East, but I don't trust their uh, the health and the depth of that roster. So I think the the next one we got is I mentioned Dallas. Dallas, everybody kind of likes Dallas. I, I'm more like, well, you know, they, they, they lost some key pieces, and you know, as much as I like what they did, I do kind of think that they're better. They're going to be a better playoff team than they're going to be a uh, a regular season team. I think uh, the first, like contest, this is overpick, which is the Nuggets, uh, the, all the models like the Nuggets to go over. This team put the band back together. They play at altitude. There's a lot to like. They're 40 and a half. They won 38 games with, like, you know, they weren't even trying for half the season. And this is a markedly better team than it was last year. I mean, would you agree that the Nuggets are better this year than they were last year? Absolutely. Yeah, so that, that, that I would say is, is probably one of the safest over bets on the board. Detroit which Vegas has is 36 and a half. All the models like the under. I, I'm kind of, you know, this is one of those cases where I disagree with my models. I do think that I like what Van Gundy's going to bring to the table. I, I do think that he's going to move some players around. I, I, I see him as like a 41-win team. Would, would, does that sound reasonable to you?
1: Yeah, it sounds reasonable. The other factor to consider with them is that they can make a roster move, which I think would make them better. And also, they're a team that is strangely okay with injury right now because of their weird depth so they're a team that you know if Josh Smith gets hurt if Monroe gets hurt they have guys that play the same positions.
0: Josh Josh Smith isn't playing the full season for Detroit that's not happening Uh, like just look look at the guy I think Van Gundy literally brought in four guys to back him up right so it basically that team is built for like it's built with an exit strategy for Josh Smith he should be he should be renting not buying right now. I think the next one, we've, we, we talked about what was the Golden State. I, I still like the over on Golden State. I, I think it's 50-and-a-half. I think that team goes over. I like what they did in terms of depth. With OKC slipping back, I, I like that even more. So I do think they're they're, they're pretty that's, – that's pretty – like 50-and-a-half is, is pretty good. I, I also think that Kerr is a better coach than, than Mark Jackson we talked about before, so that's good. I think the Rockets 49-and-a-half, that's another, like, sure over. For all the models and I, I agree with that one I think that team's going to be better. I think um, one surprising one is Indiana is Indiana's the over and like all the stat guys this one's like six to one but all the stat guys I talked to, to are agree like all the numbers all the models are, are putting the Indiana at the over now they're 32 and a half when I say they're putting at the over we're looking at like somewhere in the order of like you know 30 to 40 wins is, is the average that are coming out and the trick with Indiana is there's a real shot that they might give up the season after 30 games right? So 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 it's buyer beware. So yes, they, they, they can win more than 32 and a half games, but it's going to be an issue of whether or not they want to win more than 32 and a half games. Would you agree with that one?
1: Yeah, I would. I just don't see them as a team that has tanking in their system, but if they get off to a rough start, they might not have another choice.
0: Ooh, they own all the draft picks, though, and, and, and kind of you know, it does. As much as we don't like tanking, uh, like uh, this is I say we, it's like us and the Wages of Win. We don't like tanking, but or like a lot of them don't. I, I actually, in this situation where like you, you, you basically have your guys off the season, that you're not winning the title and you own your own draft picks, then there's real value to them. Kind of, you know, just like, you know, just like not caring whether they win or not. And if that's the case, then then it's more like 25. But there is a world where the over kind of works. Like, particularly if that number is 32.5 now, if it slipped to like 30, then it would be a, a different story. So I think we, we had the Clippers. All the models think that like the 55.5 for the Clippers is dead on. The Lakers, all the models like the over for the Lakers. Again, the Lakers are also another fascinating team because I do think there's a world where they blow it up. And I was kind of saying this, but, like, what if Kobe's back but the rest of the team sucks, right? So, you know, could you see Kobe wanting out of the Lakers?
1: No, I think he's there. I, I also – I just can't see a circumstance where he does that. That's not a part of his image. It would have to be very, very below, you know, it, below the
0: radar. He did it before. Oh, lo- well, yeah, he did it before, he loudly, but before – He loudly called call for, for, like, for his way out of town. Yeah,
1: but that was before he was Mr. Laker. That was while he was establishing himself and all that. I think it would be very different now. I also think that the Lakers, as an organization, are committed to him in the way that I think they would turn down trades that would make them better, even if he approved of them, to keep him.
0: Yeah, I I think there's, as I said, I think there's a world where, like, and and we'll get to there's a particular team that I think is, like, going to play in every single trade scenario because they have, like, two giant expiring contracts. I I think there's a world where he winds up on the Knicks with Phil, and it's not that far-fetched. So I think the Lakers over with the caution that, like, you know, this, this this is a team that could blow it up, right? I think the next one was Memphis, you know, I think under, Everything and uh, I think for the Memphis, the the issue is that you know I think with OKC slipping back, that might be an interesting thing to revisit. I, I do think that like you know they have some older players, they have some interesting depth. You know I think it's it's under, but it's not that much under, right? So it's like 48 and, and you know it's I can actually give you the, the the specific odds for the for that right now. I've got that, and again I'm I'm not done with my sim yet, but like I've got them finishing under 59% of the time. So it's it's about right, the number that, that, that Vegas put up. Uh, or I, at least I think it's, it's about right. I think the Heat, you know, we, we talked a, a length about the East. It's interesting that, like, when I ran it, basically the model threw up its hand and says, like, they're all about the same team. It likes the Hawks slightly better than everybody else, but it, it's like everybody's around 20 to 25% odds to win except for the Magic, right? So, you know, that's, that's what we talked about for that division.
1: That is the end of part one of this two-part Over Under podcast. And as I said at the beginning, both parts are released at the same time. So for those of you who have not listened, you can hop over to part two, which is Milwaukee and everybody else on down. And then we hit some other stuff like title odds and other things like that. You can read Arturo Galetti at BoxScoreGeeks.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Arturo Galetti. That's A-R-T-U-R-O-G-A-L-L-E-T-T-I. And as always, if you have any feedback, you can send it to me on Twitter, at Danny LaRue, D-A-N-N-Y, L-E-R-O-U-X. Or you can email it to me at Daniel.LaRue at RealGM.com. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you listen to part two. Take care and make it a great day.